You are wrong. 你错了，洗脑电台是啊，做周围洗脑电台好莱坞。You are wrong, brainwashed radio. Yeah, do around. 
guys are doing great i hope you guys are loving it you guys must be loving it if you're on here got this far into the segment and you guys are still here i love it 
Ooh. I get the goosebumps every time. Did you like that mix I did for you guys? Ooh, expect more of that. I've been fucking mixing like a motherfucker. 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 I'll nudge y'all up in your face. You on the brain. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We got, we got Android in Shanghai knees uh, mode, so we're gonna put her on that, that, that pedestal real quick. Android, where you at, girl? Girl, hi, Android, where you at, baby? Android, get your ass over here. Come on, hold your fuck up. Oh, she's taking her own time. Dang, she look good, though. Oh, man. She got a nice ass. Check it out. Android, before you go, could you say it one more time, please? Please. Thank you, Android. Shishi. We'll be right back, bitches. And then we're gonna get back to that motherfucker that was fucking doing all that cool stuff that he was dozen. You know what I mean? Jelly beans on the brain. My master C wants to fuck the shit out of me kiddos, you better eat his dick. Anyways, you are wrong long time so good for you on Brainwashed Radio yeah do around Brainwashed Radio Hollywood. sex um adults bought it i mean I, you know i'm thinking i'm i'm winning I'm, uh, I'm i'm having sex every weekend and this is the coolest thing in the world and all my friends at school are wishing they were having i mean kids were making up lies about stuff they oh, were sure. doing they probably didn't believe you at first well i didn't brag on that a lot because i didn't want to get caught i didn't want anyone to say well zach i heard you were having sex all this time, you know, I didn't want somebody to come and actually confirm that something like that was happening. So I, I wasn't, I wasn't bragging on that. But you know, there, there were some of the girls at school knew me from the coven, and they would flirt with me openly in in front of everybody. You know, they would kiss me in the hallway, you know, or hug me, or do something that they shouldn't do. You know, and all my friends were like, whoa, what's, what's going on there? Wasn't he a geeky, nerdy kid at one right, time? Right, right, right. You know, and yeah, suddenly so I'm cool. I think the coven knew what they were doing. They're kind of reeling you in, giving right. you all these things that a 12-year-old boy in America would, even though they know it's wrong. Right, right. So, so um, you know, when, when I thought about everything I would lose, you know, I'm losing all my privileges if I quit, you know, I was like, all right, so what has to happen? What, what do I have to do? 
and they told me there was 13 steps involved and I had done almost everything already. So what I had left to do, I had to slice my left thumb because it's closer to your heart and you have to bleed onto a document. And then you have to sign the document in three places in your blood. So the blood of Jesus washes away all sin, but not mine. And I sign that. Jesus died for everybody, but not me. And I sign that. And on the final page of a five-page document, I agreed to sell my soul to the devil. Um, it's impossible to do. I mean, if there's anybody out there that thinks, I can't be redeemed because I sold my soul to the devil, you didn't sell your soul to the devil because it's impossible to sell what you don't own. But I was 13 years old and didn't know any better. So I agreed to sell my soul to the devil. And then I went to a coven meeting where the entire coven was there. And I was in a white robe. It signifies you're losing your innocence. And you're baptized, full submersion, in a vat of human blood, pig's blood, and human urine. Um, you come up out of that, you go into another room and take a shower, and come out in a black robe, and it signifies being baptized into a world of darkness. Um, they sit you in a chair, and they give you a wheel, it's about this big around, and it has a crucifix in it. And they read off the document you signed the night before, you show your thumb to show that it is your thumb that you sliced, it is your blood. Then you spin the crucifix upside down, signifying human sacrifice. You put your arm, your hands on the arms, and then you break them downward. Supposedly this denounces Christ. And then we have a party to celebrate that I'm now a Satanist. Except the reality is that you're celebrating one day you're going to die and burn in hell. And you had no apprehension to just jump into a pool of this stuff that most kids would think, no way. Well, I mean, on the one hand, it's gross. And on the other hand, I didn't see anybody urinate in the thing. I was just told that's what was in there. And it's blood. Clearly, it's blood. Because, I mean, it's blood. <laughs> it's a big bad battle of blood. But, you know, I watched horror movies. I, I wasn't grossed out by it. It smelled like blood, and I cut my own thumb to, you know, to join in on these guys. And, you know, it was at a time when we used to watch cowboys and Indian movies where people would bond with each other by slicing their hands and, and then become blood brothers. And that was no big deal. That was in so many of the movies, the westerns that I watched, and, you know, watching the I now have to be baptized in the blood. Well, we got to hear about being baptized in the blood every Sunday at church. And you were how old at this satanic baptism? I was 13. And did you share this news with anybody or just your coven friends? No, just my coven friends. I, I thought that if somebody found out that I got baptized into a vat of blood, that might go poorly. Were you still going to Baptist services? At the time? I was, I was because I didn't have a choice. My parents took me and my brother every Sunday, and at times every Wednesday as well. And then there were events that happened sometimes on Friday night or on Saturday night. You know, my parents wanted me to have as much God in my life as I could, and I, I didn't like going. It, it, it seemed to me that every sermon, no matter what the Bible verse was, had to do with money. Uh, it wasn't just the, the offertory. It was, I mean, if they read Jesus wept, you know, and I remember the sermon 
Jesus wept because he saw the state, the future state of the church and saw that people didn't donate enough money. You know, and finally, when I was about 15 years old, our, our um, church service would broadcast live on the radio. And I told my dad one day, I said, if I go in and there's one more sermon about money, you don't have to bother to come pick me up. I'll be home in like 15 minutes. I'll just walk home. I don't want to be part of that anymore. I can't stand it. Why is every sermon got to be about money? There's no way that entire Bible is about donating money to somebody. Yeah, and especially not the Baptist church, since the Baptists weren't even around back in the Old Testament when this was written. And you've got the magic to conjure it up. Right, right. And um, so one day when I was about 15, um, I got home, I walked home, and my mother said, your father is really mad at you. I said, why is he mad at me? I didn't make the Baptist preachers tell the sermon about donating money. And then when I walked inside, my dad was telling me that I was shallow. And I said, I'm the shallow one. I'm not the one that did another sermon about donating money to the church. You know, and I never went back. You're watching SJEN-TV. Jackery King is our guest today. My name's Matt Logman. Brothers and sisters, you now realize that we're talking about a Satanist. And I promise you, it will get better as he experiences the mercy of God, that that's the best way I can put it. All right, we're going to be right back in a moment. Um, yeah, um, yeah, that's kind of interesting, right? I mean, that's cool. We'll just go to uh, someone else in a moment. We're actually going to go <coughs> into a, uh, let me see, 30. So we're going to go into a 3 Heart, uh, Scientology film shortly. I know people hate Scientology. I myself, being uh, a member of Anonymous, the Anonymous Legion, that is, I am the father. But meanwhile, um, it is just simply put grand because the church segment every Sunday that we do here at Brainwash Radio is in regards like we said all the weeks before all the weeks before this is season one episode four this is the fourth one so far this is the fourth Sunday that we have done our church for Brainwash Radio it's the fourth one mother bugger. But anyways, so we're gonna hit up some goodness with uh, the Church of Scientology because the Scientologists are bad us. And uh, do you hear that? Where's he going? Let's go check it out. Hmm, I wonder where he's going. Interesting. Let's just go ahead and plug this real quick. Hold on, hold on a moment.
All right, we'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. Oh, yeah. Smoking the weed. On the church. Oh, fuck yeah. Woo. So what's up, guys? You guys loving it? You guys grooving? You guys up to or what you guys doing that opium over there doing all them poppies you guys doing that heroin you guys you guys doing that cocaine you guys doing that coca cola fuck fuck it i just smoke weed sorry guys i, I drink i smoke weed i don't know i'll, I'll do some coke if somebody wants me to but you know, I'm the I'm the guy that walks into the fucking cocaine land. You know what I'm saying, guys? You guys have been there. You know what I'm talking about. I just walk in. Hey, what's up? And everybody looks at me weird because I'm not doing any. There's mounds of it everywhere. Fucking big old, big old fucking fucking glaciers and shit on the sides everywhere. Pre pre lined up for you all, ready to Joe. And then some already done. You know, on the side. Little dispensers so you can throw the straws after you're done. <laughs> you know, shit like that. You know. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're gonna get down and dirty. I'm gonna listen to some Zeno. You know, Zeno's real, but guys, I'm sorry, but you guys don't even understand. <laughs> but it's cool, it's no biggie. But, uh, you know, here we go, let's do it. Welcome, you're on Brainwash Radio. Hi, motherfuckers.
sense of the scale and ambition of the Church of Scientology from the footage of their galas. They look more like a Hollywood awards show than anything recognizably spiritual. religion created by a sci-fi writer and now run by a mysterious and unapproachable leader whose disciples include top Hollywood actors. For years my dream was that I might be the first journalist to see another more positive side of the church. Their commercials promise enlightenment using techniques that combine spirituality and science with the ultimate aim of a planet free from insanity, crime and war. The videos boast of the church's global reach and followers they say are in the millions. Watching their promotional films, I dreamed of experiencing their practices firsthand. I made repeated requests to be allowed inside, but my approaches were all turned down. Gradually I realized they were never going to let me in. But inspired by their religious filmmaking, I began thinking of another way inside that was still true to the spirit of Scientology. with one of the most prominent ex-members of Scientology. His name is Marty Rathbun, and my hope is that he can help me realize this idea I have. For many years, he was one of the most senior figures in the whole church. Their photos show him in uniform next to David Miscavige, the church leader. And then in 2004, he left and started giving interviews about the church and his role within it. I was basically Mr. Fix-It for Scientology for a number of, well, a couple of decades, frankly. I mean, I was, wherever there was a fire, I, I was out there to put it out. Do you need a push? Maybe. The church now regards him as deeply untrustworthy. Oh, this Louis is a it yoga master. <laughs> but for more than 20 years, he was the consummate insider. It feels pretty secure. And he still believes in aspects of Scientology. You want to just get some B-roll? Yeah. Have you driven in L.A. before, Louis? Uh, I've been living in L.A. for the last year. Get out of town. Yeah. Where do you live? North Hobart, very close yeah. to the Celebrity Center. I'll be darned. 
And we've flown him in from Texas, where he now lives, and brought him back to Scientology's birthplace and his old home, Los Angeles. Written response from the church. So oh, really? I wanted to mention that. Okay. And what they mention is that Mr. Threw had been in direct communication with and had interviewed bitter anti-Scientologist Marty Rathbun. Is that what poisoned them against our production? Is that is that what closed the door to us? Do you think, or or, or would they never have taken part? Not really quick. There's a there's a chick at the door. Uh, she's in a bikini. Uh, oh gosh, she's hot. So um, I'll be right back, guys. Je bent op de gehersenspoelde radio Hollywood schat. Stem af op alledaagse dames en heren en jullie anderen daarbuiten in de buitenruimte en hou van mijn meester vader Michael op het brein. You are on Brainwash Radio Hollywood, baby. Tune in every day, ladies and gents, and you others out there in outer space and love my master father, Michael, on the brain. A few years ago, my family and I went on an amazing safari in Africa. So early this year, I got this crazy idea that I wanted to buy zebras for our own ranch. And I daydreamed about... You can't film me. We're okay. not filming. You are. You have the camera. Turn the camera So what are you doing a documentary about? It's about the Church of Scientology. Oh. I... You probably should interview her. Well, maybe we will, but we should probably finish what we were. Yeah. What we, we finish were what we're doing. I, I'm an actress in the. In the well, we are in LA. Uh, yeah, but no, I mean I've done over forty-five sure. films in French and Spanish and a lot of things. Okay, well, my name is Paz. Paz. How, how do you spell it? Yes. That's great. Thank you so much. They sent her over. The church. Don't you think? No, they're not that sophisticated. Honey trap. They're not that sophisticated. You would have done that. No, I wouldn't. The founder of Scientology, L. Ron Hubbard, was a writer of pulp fiction, and in 1950 he published a self-help book called Dianetics. It became the basis for an entire religion, teaching that we are all immortal spirits called Thetans, who live multiple lifetimes. Using Scientology processes, we can become enlightened, remember past lives, and carry all our present-day memories into future lifetimes. Over the years, Hubbard won thousands of converts. Hello. My name is David Miscavige, and I'm very happy that you could all make it to this important briefing this evening. And then, in 1986, there was a gathering of Scientologists at the Hollywood Palladium, and it was announced that Hubbard had died. The body he had used to facilitate his existence in this messed universe had ceased to be useful and in fact had become an impediment to the work 
he now must do outside of its confines. The announcement was made in this famous footage by a young man in his 20s called David Miscavige. And he has run Scientology ever since, and done so, according to his critics, in an increasingly unpredictable and volatile fashion. Joining us live tonight is David Miscavige, whose formal title is Chairman of the Board of the Religious Technology Center, the organization which manages Dianetics and Scientology. Mr. Miscavige took over as the head of Scientology in 1987, following the death of the church's founder, L. Ron Hubbard. In 1992, he spoke to Ted Koppel, the host of Nightline. It was an unusually revealing encounter, and to date, his only TV interview. be David Miscavige and for me the idea really is to kind of recreate you know we can't get the real hi Sam Barker interview to help Marty to cast him. I, I'm going to lean heavily on Marty. I'm conscious it's his version and it's seen in hindsight after an acrimonious split from the church. Okay. Hi Chris. How are you doing? I'm uh, Chris Garrett. Shall I, I mean, should I sit in, what do you think? Should I do a couple voice? No. no, it's just cheesy. It's up to you, Lou, whatever you Yeah, do. I'd just do, I'd, I'd like to begin, Mr. Miscavige, with, I guess, the kind of broad question perhaps folks at home may be asking themselves right now. Perhaps folks at home may be asking themselves right now, but let me be the guinea pig for a moment. Mm -hmm. See if you can explain to me why I would want to be a Scientologist. Because you care about yourself and life itself. Because you care about... Your life. Wait, hold on. Yourself and life. Yeah, yeah. Scientology, the word means study of life, study of knowledge. Uh, and that's what it is. It takes up all areas of life itself. Things that are integral and maxims. Uh, they're related to life and very existence. Let me give you an example. It's better if I take that because it's such a broad range of subjects. Well, it's better if I take that because it covers such a broad range of subjects. You know? That's the uh, area of communication. Being able to communicate the world around you and everyone here. Good, good, good. I just, I want it to feel um, as real as possible, but I also want to get Marty back into the headspace of where he was when he was inside the church. And we're using this rare bit of footage because he was there in the studio at the scavenger's side when it was recorded. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's not the I'm just, uh, I'm serious, you know, all these guys that you'd like, they're no good. Well, no, but he actually 
this is this is this is this is not a minor game we're playing here. Every man, woman, and child, their immortal future depends on us succeeding. This is the attitude. This is what you're missing. You've got to have that intensity, okay? Because this is not some minor game. I thought he had that. This is dying, not just dying this lifetime. It's dying and dying and dying and dying and being a smoldering ember that floats through space, hurtling through space. Literally if that? We, if it's literally that if we don't succeed. Is that something he would say? Absolutely. It's right in the policy letters in Keeping Scientology Workable. We'd rather have you dead than incapable. That's the training attitude. That was your mindset. Yeah. For 27 years. Well, for 22 years. First five years, I was pretty laid back. Scary, huh? Makes you wonder what I'm capable of, right? Little bit. Yeah. I'll tell you what, let's stick with me, okay? Uh, so far in life, I haven't had a whole lot of trouble communicating. Now, see if you can communicate to me what it is that you're going to be able to do for me that makes me a better communicator. Well, number one, I would never try to talk you into that Scientology is for you. You see, that's the funny thing about this, is if I'm now going to give a sales pitch to you on Scientology. You so let's that, look at it this way. He's, he's got that down. He's pissed, and, but he's not overtly showing it. But he's combating but if you want me, If yeah. you want to see something else, throw any direction at me, and I'll just give you another. Get up and get in my face and put your finger in my chest and let me know that my problem is, is that I buy my own bullshit. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Who are you to come in here and tell me that what I stand for and what I have learned, what I have learned is the right way? Look, you people are programmed and, and sold. You fuck up one more time, I will rip your fucking face off. You got that? Get personal. Put dress the guy down. I don't want you just to uh, call him a four-eyed son of a bitch. You're a four-eyed son of a bitch. You cocksucker. I mean, you you had no idea what you were doing from the beginning, and I knew that. Louder. You had no idea what you were doing from the beginning, and I knew that. Shove him against the wall. Well, son of a bitch, listen to me. This is really good. Okay, you're gonna fucking do what I tell you next time, and you're gonna actually listen to me. Louie, this is really good. From the start. Okay, cut. Okay. You're a cock-sucking loser. You're a piece of shit. I'm telling you what you're worth. I'm telling you what you've been doing with your life. Don't look away. He's got it. <laughs> He's got it. This is David Miscavige right here. Where were you getting that from? Uh, I, I tap into anger very easily. <laughs> and, and righteousness. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. It's righteous anger. That was, that was like being there. Yeah. Thank you yeah. so much. Thanks yeah, a lot, Take man. care. Okay, appreciate it. Um, I'm aware that we're going to the violence quite quickly and to the sort of the negative characterization. But I don't know if we're going to get the sense of why for 22 years you were working hand in glove in a devoted fashion with, with that guy. Well, as you said, it was kind of, it, you thought it was kind of nice having your face ripped off up against the wall. Yeah, but that was play acting. I know. So what's the difference?
orthodoxy to the Scientology religion so that it forever remains faithful to the teaching of L. Ron Good. He, he's indignant, but he's also trying to make his case to an impartial person, okay. like a, a judge, right? Yeah. Okay, should we go? Go. I am, and since 1987 have been, the chairman of the board of Religious Technology Center, a Section 501c3 tax-exempt, non-profit religious corporation whose sole purpose is to maintain the orthodoxy of the Scientology religion. I mean, I would, I would take it down a notch. Okay. Because I think that went a little too conversational. Yeah. Most Scientologists would never meet David Miscavige. They have normal jobs. They might volunteer in the church's bookshops, which they call orgs. They don't wear uniforms. And in LA, many of them are actors. I grew up in Boston, small town boy, and with big town dreams, so I decided, you know, to just like take the leap to Hollywood and become an actor. I didn't really have like a plan in mind per se. I just kind of came here and just hoped that I would, you know, find my way in the business. So I picked up a copy of Backstage Newspaper, which is the trade newspaper that actors subscribe to that lists all the different auditions in town and all the different classes. And there's a huge ad, How to Break into the Industry, teaching you all the ins and outs of how to make it in Hollywood. So I took the bus up to the Celebrity Center and I walk in and we went into their theater room to watch their orientation film. Right this instant, you are at the threshold of your next trillion years. You will live it in shivering, agonized darkness, or you will live it triumphantly in the light. The choice is yours. And that's the one where he says, if at the end of this, you're not convinced that this is for you, you're free to walk away. It would be stupid, but you can do it. You can also dive off a bridge or blow your brains out. Blow your brains out, yeah. That is your choice. When you're a new actor and you come to somewhere like the Celebrity Center and they're telling you, we can help make you someone like the new Tom Cruise, you know, you're like, oh, wow, that's, that's what I want. You know, they just tell you, you know, it's a course away. Your happiness is a course away. If I see someone on the street at the bus stop, you'd go up to them and just try to be their friend. Give them one of these? Give them one of these booklets and say, hey, check out my church. And if I get you to sign up for services, it helps me because I get a 10% commission on whatever you buy. They say it brainwashes people. It is. It's mind-numbing. No, 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 no. I'm doing it. They say it brainwashes people. Do I look like I'm brainwashed to you? I'm your neighbor. I'm your best friend. Sign yourself. Pass him here is to maintain the orthodoxy of the You can also dive off a bridge or blow your brains out. Blow your brains out, yeah. That is your choice. When you're a new actor and you come to somewhere like the Celebrity Center and they're telling you, we can help make you someone like the new Tom Cruise, you know, you're like, oh, wow, that's, that's what I want. You know, they just tell you, you know, it's a course away. Your happiness is a course away. I see someone on the street at the bus stop, you'd go up to them and just try to be their friend. 
give them one of these give them one of these booklets and say hey check out my church and if i get you to sign up for services it helps me because i get a 10% commission on whatever you buy they say it brainwashes people it is it's mind numbing no 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 i'm doing the they say it brainwashes people it, you thought it was kind of nice having your face ripped off many of them are actors i agree. I see someone on the street at the bus stop, you'd go up to them and just try to be their friend. Give them one of these? Give them one of these booklets and say, hey, check out my church. And if I get you to sign up for services, it helps me because I get a 10% commission on whatever you buy. They say it brainwashes people. It is. It's mind-numbing. No, 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 no. I'm doing the... They say it brainwashes people. Do I look like I'm brainwashed to you? I'm your neighbor. I'm your best friend. Scientology is an applied religious philosophy. It's not a religion you just sit down and pray at an altar about. This is something that you actually apply every single day in your life. Tools to improve yourself. Pause him here. Oh my god, really <laughs> There's apparently one million spoken and transcribed L. Ron Hubbard words. Why did I go to hair club? I went to hair club because I was balding really quickly. I looked older and felt older. In all these books. But you paid for all of them. I paid for all of them. How much did you pay for all your materials? For all the book course materials? Everything, just for the whole of services, books, everything. Everything 50 grand. About $50,000. $50,000. actually passing through your body although it's imperceptible when I address thought that has uh, some trauma connected with it or some anxiety connected with it uh, I get a particular type of read it's a device that measures thought all right is there a particular area of your life that um, fixates your attention or you feel as a that there did you get one? Yeah. Can I answer? Please. I'm, I'm thinking about a time when I was about 11 or 12. The most basic practice in Scientology is auditing. It's a form of counseling using a primitive lie detector called an E-meter. Okay. Is there an earlier similar problem? Basically, you talk about memories and traumas called engrams until they no longer register on the machine. Interesting. Your needle's floating. Which is good, right? That means I've cleared something. Well, I don't know. Do you feel like you kind of realize something? I feel something? like I made a connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's basically what a session is. So, so how does this relate to Scientology and, and, and this idea of being clear? Okay, you, you desensitize a lot of these things, like this little thing that was, gave you a little bit of angst. I mean, there's tons of things that, that any given individual has like that. Got it. That is clear, basically. Though it's a religion, Scientologists don't worship a god. Instead, what they offer is a highly detailed step-by-step -step program 
of classes and courses, each with a price tag, and all of it laid out in an extremely complex looking diagram. They call the teachings religious technology or tech. As you advance up the bridge, you deal with engrams from past lifetimes. At the very top are the OT levels. OT stands for Operating Thetan and the possibility of extrasensory abilities. The most dedicated believers can join Scientology's clergy, the Sea Org. You can see them in church photos, styled like a navy. Their glossy recruitment posters depict them as being like warrior monks. They sign billion-year contracts committing all their future lifetimes to saving Earth from ruin. And while there may be as many as 25,000 Scientologists in the US, only a fraction are signed up as members of the Sea Org. And it's within the Sea Org that the most controversial practices are alleged to have taken place. Uh, we're going down to a little town called Hemet, and close by Hemet is the headquarters of Scientology, a legendary location. And we're going there with Mark Headley, who, uh, who worked and lived there for 15 years, from 1990 to 2005, when he blew, which means he, he left in an unauthorized fashion. He later sued the church for keeping him against his will, but he lost the case. And like Marty, he's viewed by the church as embittered and a liar. You know, um, and you know we've been filming with Marty Rathbun. Yes, I was aware of that. And you know, you know him, don't you? Yes, I do. Basically, it's where David Miscavige mainly works. It's where he runs Scientology from. And it's where, allegedly, in the years running up to 2005, there was a reign of terror. There was actually a time in the mid-1990s when um, I was being accused of uh, myself being violent with somebody uh, of one of my, my own crew and um, I was being interrogated on an e-meter about this incident. And Marty was actually standing behind the girl that was doing the interrogation in the little auditing room with us. And, um, and it just kept going on and on. And she'd say, did you do this? I said, no, I didn't do that. Did you do this? No, I didn't do that. And then Marty actually just said, listen, let's take a break for a second. And he cold cocked me, just boom. And he's a big guy. He's much bigger than I am. Punched you. He punched me square in the jaw, out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting it. It was just boom. And then he goes, good, now go back in there and tell her what she wants to hear. This is it. Yeah, this this is it. We're, we're there. This building up on the... Right on the right here, that is the cinematography studio. It's called the Cine Castle. So they make a promotional videos for Scientology in there? Films and videos. It looks like you could walk quite close. We did, they know. I mean, they know we're here right now. There's cameras right there. We have their attention. No doubt, 100%. So I'm gonna take my lead from you, Mike. You think this is a good place to stop or maybe not? Are you okay? I'm fine. 
<laughs> was it stress or you just... Uh, no, no, I'm fine. You're good. I'm good. You're not getting flashbacks. No, no, I'm not getting flashbacks. It's called Intbase because it's the international headquarters of Scientology, but it's also called Goldbase because it's the headquarters of Gold Studios. And Gold Studios was a, a production facility that L. Ron Hubbard himself created, churning out epic Hollywood-style promotional videos. When the history of this planet is finally told, it will be a tale of exalted triumph that forever changed the destiny of Earth. We are the IAS! And Mark was well acquainted with a lot of these very dramatic films and how they were made because he was working on them as a producer. Well, you show, you show the best spot. Yeah. Is it this one? Yeah. Whose land is this then? This is public. This is public land. So you can see this is the razor wire that's always talked about. See, they don't have it on the main highway road, but as soon as you get off the highway, then there's razor wire around the entirety of the property, just like that. And you can see the high power floodlights. You can see the motion sensors, those little black things near every fence post. Those are called fence shakers. So if somebody climbs over the fence from the inside, that sets off an alarm in that main security booth and all those floodlights all around the entire property turn on so they can easily locate someone who's trying to escape. Hop out. You lived here for 15 years. 15 years. I mean, do you feel now, looking back, that you were kept against your will? I think that I was a prisoner in my own... I was keeping myself here based on what they told me. I knew that there would be consequences of me leaving that would make it so it would be very hard for me to live outside of this world. Those consequences became so minuscule compared to the terror that I was living through here that it got to the point where I would rather be dead than to live here. They recite events that never took place. I am left in a position of my word against their word, which is precisely the effect I feel they have tried to create. Their efforts are orchestrated pursuant to a well-used litigation strategy that has been employed against L. Ron Hubbard, various churches of Scientology, and me for years. Namely, the gathering of apostates in search of money, who were then used as a traveling roadshow to present packaged yet false testimony concerning Scientologists, churches of Scientology, and me. That was very good. Did you not think that was very good? Hubbard understood early on that he could spread his religious ideas using actors. He wrote screenplays and liked being photographed on set directing. If you're an accredited investor, I have big news. In the last 12 months, I bought five major American brands. I bought Pure One Imports. And as early as 1955, he launched something called Project Celebrity a list of high-profile people he hoped to recruit. James Stewart, Greta Garbo, Danny Kaye, 
and the practices of Scientology are like acting class techniques. You're learning a new role in life. It's an exciting day today because we are here to cast Tom Cruise. He's obviously the most famous Scientologist in the world. In fact, probably a lot of people, all they know about Scientology is that Tom Cruise is a member. And Tom Cruise is best friends with David Miscavige. It was widely reported that David Miscavige was best man at Tom Cruise's wedding to Katie Holmes. The other thing is that Mark was involved in making the promotional videos, and one of the most famous and controversial promotional videos in Scientology was one involving Tom Cruise on Tom Cruise. I think it's a privilege to call yourself a Scientologist, and it's something that you have to earn. And cast Tom Cruise. He's obviously the most famous Scientologist in the world. In fact, probably a lot of people, all they know about Scientology is that Tom Cruise is a member. And Tom Cruise is best friends with David Miscavige. It was widely reported that David Miscavige was best man at Tom Cruise's wedding to Katie Holmes. The other thing is that Mark was involved in making the promotional videos, and one of the most famous and controversial promotional videos in Scientology was one involving Tom Cruise on Tom Cruise. I think it's a privilege to call yourself a Scientologist, and it's something that you have to earn. And because Scientologist does. And so we're going to use quotes from that footage to help us cast our actor and to understand what motivates Tom Cruise. Got it. I think it's a privilege to call yourself a Scientologist because it's something that you have to earn. It's a privilege to call yourself a Scientologist. It's something that you have to earn. It's a Scientologist. When he gets to that next one, there's nothing you can do to the top. And each one costs, costs money, right? Yeah, yeah. To get all the way to the top could cost anywhere from half a million to two million dollars. So for, for me, it really is KSW. For me, it really is KSW. And uh, I don't mince words with that. I don't mince words with that. Just with that policy to me has really gone, boy. There's a time I went through and I said, you know what? When I read it, I... Can you pause it? We just paused that at random, right? Yeah. I mean, if you saw him across the breakfast table looking at you like that, like that's not, you know, past the mustard. That... <laughs> In that KSW policy, L. Ron Hubbard says, we want you to have a dedicated glare in your eyes. But, you know, I feel like there's a bigger question outside. Or, like, I don't understand why does he think this is so important? Because Scientology is the only way that the world is ever going to survive. He thinks that without Scientology, what would happen? Charred ruins. When the day's over, the only thing that's workable is Scientology. Workable as what? As a technology, as an as a organizational technology, as a spiritual technology. It's a universal solvent that will handle all of the world's problems and the universe's problems. They said, so, like, have you met an SP? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one day it'll actually be like that. Maybe one day it'll be, wow, like SPs. 
<laughs> like they'll just read about those in the history books, you know? <laughs> do, you, do you want to tell Caleb what an SP is? If you badmouth Scientology or speak out against Scientology, you're labeled a suppressive person. And there's actually a policy within Scientology that says what, how you handle a suppressive person or how you deal with a suppressive person is to ruin him utterly. It's PTSSP, how to shatter suppression, confront shatter suppression. You apply it, it's like, boom. Because they don't come up? No, because they don't come up to me and, and, and say that. Not to my face, you know, or anywhere in my vicinity. Where they can be confronted. It's not doing it. Why not? Because they're afraid. Afraid of? Of what they might find out about themselves. Yeah, see, that's not in there. We were just improving. No, no, I know, but, but what he said is exactly true. Why did you say that? Is, is a fear of, of whatever, but usually themselves. Wait, are you in character now, or is this you? A little bit of both. <laughs> I was going to say, he's getting really scary on me right now. I mean, if the intent behind it is to help people, then, I mean, there should be no harm in that. Very good. Great. That was nice. Thank you for that. Uh, not a problem. Let's have yourself a wonderful afternoon. You too. You too. Very good. back uh we're gonna go to a quick commercial break so don't go away all right be right back Policy. L. Ron Hubbard says we want you to have a dedicated glare in your eyes. But you know, I feel like there's a bigger question outside. Or like, I don't understand why does he think this is so important? Because Scientology is the only way that the world is ever going to survive. He thinks that without Scientology, what would happen? Charred ruins. When the day's over, the only thing that's hold on, guys. Hold on, guys. Hold on. Workable as what? As a tech. So, so, I'm sorry, guys, but, you know, the world is a different place. The, di the world is a different time. Um, we see God as God, and then we see the gods as different gods. And all gods, you know, become, and they are, simply. So the L. Ron Hubbard, you know, Scientology, I mean, he could have been total, like, prophet dude. I mean, he created this genius manifestation of these people that look like naval individuals they look like na they look like they're from naval ships USS Ronald Reagan and whatnot and uh you know they're wearing their tight from head to toe shaped uniforms and that's their you know their their thing you know we just heard all about it you know just moments ago so I think, yeah, I mean, you know, there's always that second level, you know, the the prophecies. I mean, nowadays, you don't think of a prophet at all. You just think of, oh, okay, I got this idea. I'm going to write it. Okay, cool. 
la la la. But that's God giving it to you. Bam. Slapping you upside the head with some wisdom and shit. Mad Zeno all up in your brain. It's fucking OT level fucking 23. That's me, baby. Ooh. I know. You haven't seen level 23. I know. That's how top secret clown business that shit is. Oh. <laughs> but it only said level. <laughs> it didn't say. Didn't say it was level twenty. It didn't go past level twenty on the on the, on the thing. Uh, you know, you know how it is. People, you know, but some people just don't get to see the top secret clown business, like I have long, long time ago, way back in twenty three seventy four. But it's good. But it's good. It's good. Shh, don't tell nobody. You're on the brain. We're going to get back to it, but first... Yeah, we're going to get back to it. We ain't going to do no first bullshit. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Let's do one first. Uh, let's see here. Let's see here. How are you do this morning or this evening or whatever? I mean, there's people that, you know, that are listening to this from all over the globe, so people wouldn't care. And fucking Aussie, Australia could be listening right now. And it's like way... It's like Tuesday almost already over there. This is a Sunday show. Yeah. (laughs) This is probably Tuesday almost over there, I believe. At this point, when they're listening to it... If they're listening to it at this time period that I'm... That I'm broadcasting it from... You'd be loving it, I know. We do the ADHD shit. So I got these one things. Let me let me pull one out, actually. Well, I... Hold on, let me do one thing at a time. I'm doing my, my ordeal. Let, let me just go ahead and get in here real quick. All right, so we're going to go to... Let's see here. Oh, oh, hell yeah. We're going to do that. Oh, hell yeah. Oh. Lo, 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 lo. Lo, lo. Oh, sorry, guys. That's not what I'm going to do. I'm going to do... Let's see. Okay, cool. So I got it. Okay. So... Okay, here we go, guys. Here we go. I think that I think this will work. Um, I think I think Android, could you say it for me? I don't I don't want to read this broadcast, girl. Android, come 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 come. Hold on, guys. I'm gonna let Android talk. Je bent op de gehersenspoelde Radio Hollywood schat, stem af op alledaagse dames en heren en jullie anderen daarbuiten in de buitenruimte en hou van mijn meester vader Michael op het brein. You are on Brainwash Radio Hollywood baby. Tune in every day ladies and gents and you others out there in outer space and love my master father Michael on the brain.
Swing Trader from Investors Business Daily helps you make more money in the stock market by taking advantage of short-term trends. Technology as a as an organizational technology, as a spiritual technology, it's a universal solvent that will handle all of the world's problems and the universe's problems. They said, so have you met an SP? <laughs> Maybe one day it'll actually be like that. Maybe one day it'll be Apology, what would happen? Charred ruins. When the day's over, the only thing that's workable is Scientology. Workable as what? So anyways, as I was as I was saying about the charred ruin part, let me let me go back to it so you guys could listen to it one more time. And then we'll we'll get uh Tom Cruise. I love Tom Cruise. He's he's a great guy. He's great guy he's short though he's tiny tim and shit damn poor tom no not poor tom he's good he's good he has the big head he's cool he's cool short body big head it's cool it works but here we go let me try to get to it hold on let me find it let me find it okay hold on i gotta find it can't find it right this second and then we're gonna go back to that one part but uh hold on there it is there it is oh i missed it there it is nope that's not it hold on almost got it i almost oh there it is fuck yeah oh hold on hold on hold on that so we'll do it right here it's peas <laughs> like they'll just read about those in the history books you know <laughs> Do you, do you want to tell Caleb what an SP is? If you badmouth Scientology or speak out against Scientology. <laughs> Maybe one day it'll actually be like that. Maybe one day it'll be, wow, like SPs. <laughs> like they'll just read about We'll handle all of the world's problems and the universe's problems. They said, so like, have you met an SP? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one day it'll actually be like that. Maybe one day it'll be wow, like SPs. <laughs> like they'll just read about those in the history books, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one day it'll actually be like that. Maybe one day it'll be wow, like SPs. Do you want to tell Caleb what an SP is? If you badmouth Scientology or speak SPs. <laughs> like they'll just read about those in the history books, you know? <laughs> do, you, do you want to tell Caleb what an SP is? If you badmouth Scientology or speak out against Scientology. Maybe one day. Making the promotional videos and one of the. Five grand. That's what this guy paid to spend the night with me. Well-used litigation strategy that has been employed against L. Ron Hubbard, various churches of Scientology, and me for years, namely the Gap. Shalom, friend. My name is Dr. Eli Lizorkin Eisenberg, and today I'd like to tell you. Yeah. I mean, if you saw him across the breakfast table looking at you like that. Like, that's not, you know, past the mustard. That... <laughs> In that KSW policy, L. Ron Hubbard says, we want you to have a dedicated glare in your eyes. But, you know, I feel like there's a bigger question outside. Or, like, I don't understand. Why does he think this is so important? Because Scientology is the only way that the world is ever going to survive. 
He thinks that without Scientology, what would happen? Charred ruins. Okay, so guys, charred ruins. See, I had this dream that I woke up. I'm, I'm in bed just loving it, you know, hanging out in my bed in this, like, three-story white on white on white on white house. I mean, it was just so white. It was white. White. Like, bleach color white. Like, the white t-shirt, you know, the, the, the fucking cholo wearing the white t-shirt. Yeah, it's fucking white. Tons. All white. The whole house. Everything. The windows. White. Tons. Everything. Tons. The doorknob. The fucking screws. Tons. The fucking shit, my butthole, white horns, white is say, white canar. So I'm walking out of the house, the three story. I walked down the fucking three story. Fucking three stories of fucking stairs. And I look to my right, there's fucking an elevator. So I took the elevator horns, canar. Took that elevator. I went down the stairs all the way down to the first level. I could have went down to the fucking, to the fucking basement. And then it said E1, E7, E66. You know. And then it said some other ones. I won't. I won't mention those ones. But um, you know, I got off on the first floor. I walked out, and I walked outside. And the fucking the yard is all brilliant. White picket fence, full on beautiful garden. There's herbs everywhere. There's the weed, there's the poppy. Ooh, there's the coca leaf. Ooh, and it's all in my yard. Just hanging out. I'm just walking, walking down the freaking. Walking down the front of the yard, you know, the steps down to the freaking front. And I don't really realize it because it's so beautiful. My my landscape is so gorgeous. As I'm looking outside the entrance of the fence, the white picket fence to open the gate into outside of my property. Light of wilderness of char. Red, burnt mountains. People roasted, walking with their children right past me. It was fucking wicked. So yeah, Scientology, 100. You want to know why? Because all religions are a part of all things in the afterlife. Period. Whether you think so or not. And if you have, like, some sort of freaking idea of the afterlife and you write books and and shit about it, it is. It is what it is because it's all part of God and there's all parts of the afterlives beyond reason. I mean, there's, there's afterlife all around us and all around you. You're listening to me and there's afterlife all around you right now. I know it sounds spooky. But you might even be hearing some weird fucking shit right now as I speak. And it's tripping you out. 
but you're going to keep listening because you're like, yeah, you're so true. You're so right. But that dream was wicked. And I was like happy-go-lucky in my dream. And the outside world was destroyed completely. Red char and black. I kid you not. It was just, that's that was the landscape outside of my home, my humble home. My humble, right, white, three-story home. I don't know who else lived there. I don't, I don't know. No idea. But it was my home. And I was in it. I was chilling. I knew it was my home because I felt it. <coughs> so let's get back to that dude. When the day's over, the only thing that's workable is Scientology. Workable as what? As a technology, as an as a organizational technology, as a spiritual technology. It's a universal solvent that will handle all of the world. That's the- why my fucking place was brilliant and everything else was destroyed. I get it. Dang. <laughs> Maybe one day it'll actually be like that. Maybe one day it'll be, wow, like SPs. <laughs> like they'll just read about those in the history books, you know? <laughs> do, you, do you want to tell Caleb what an SP is? If you badmouth Scientology or speak out... No, they are, for real. It's a true story. ...labeled a suppressive person. And there's Don't be suppressive. ...within Scientology that says what, how you handle a suppressive person or how you deal with a suppressive person is to ruin him utterly. It's PTSSP, how to shatter suppression, confront shatter suppression. You apply it, it's like, boom. Because they don't come up... No, because they don't come up to me and, and, and say that. Not to my face, you know, or anywhere in my vicinity. Where they can be confronted. It's not doing it. Why not? Because they're afraid. Afraid of? Of what they might find out about themselves. Yeah, see, that's not in there. We were just improving. No, no, I know, but, but what he said is exactly true. Why did you say that? It's, it's a fear of, of whatever, but usually themselves. Wait, are you in character now, or is this you? A little bit of both. <laughs> I was going to say, he's getting really scary on me right now. I mean, if the intent behind it is to help people, then, I mean, there should be no harm in that. Very good. Great. That was nice. Thank you for that. Not, not a problem. Let's have yourself a wonderful afternoon. You too. You too. Very good. Oh, 
private investigator. What you've got to remember is, this is a church. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? It's just not like any church that you could really think of. So this is a letter that was forwarded to me from um, one of our producers and uh, it's from the lawyers, Carter Ruck, retained by the Church of Scientology. So evidently um, they've got wind of uh, what we're doing and they say, um, our client is aware that Mr. Thru has auditioned for actors to play young David Miscavige. They don't know that we've also auditioned actors to play Tom Cruise. But um, in relation to the auditions, our client's information is that Mr. Theroux filmed these with Marty Rathbun in attendance and advising. This is most concerning. And so how do they know that Marty was at the casting? Was one of the actors conceivably, did he put the word out, tell people in his circle? And did that get back to the church or was one of the actors a Scientologist or was there someone on the inside who was somehow a mole? Or we were followed. Or we were followed. Or they made the whole paperwork up just to make the plot sound better. So you know we're going to see Tom DeVoc? Yes, sir. He is a, um, another embittered and disgruntled defrocked apostate. Another? Well, in addition to you. Do why, you would you, why would you call me with the church calls? Uh, I was, uh, I... Do I look embittered? I could care less, Louis. Embittered is the last adjective that would apply to me. I, I'm way beyond bitter. I don't care. Hey, hey, hey. Guys, this is Aaron, by the way. How do you do? Louis. Louis. Aaron, nice to meet you. Are you Tom's other half, could we say? We're business, business partners. partners. Really? Yeah. What are you guys doing? A lot of people. As experts in online education, Purdue University Global gives you all the flexibility you need. People have described David Miscavige as a sort of an aloof figure, but what well, I've heard that you were quite tight with David Miscavige. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we became pretty... It depends how you look at it. Tight with David Miscavige isn't really possible, I don't think. But we did get along, and, and he did... He liked you? I, I think what really happens is he may or may not like you, but he uses you until you're fucking used up and then he chops your head off and everybody's gone. And, and it's, it, it happened pattern. to... It is a pattern. It happens to everybody. The guy, I mean, it, it scared you. You thought, what the hell? I'd play backgammon with him and I'd make a point to lose. 
I, I mean, it was... Why? Oh. And I got good at it, by the way. Um, because you he, if you... If he felt at all that you were more popular or better in any way or anything, he'd flip. And he could flip like that. Then you spend a little time up there. The guy's got somebody, I'm sure you know this, recording him 24-7. Even when we were sitting there drinking scotch, tape recorders down, everything's being recorded. Even if he was just saying... Um... If we were playing backhand and that damn thing was wrong. Why? Um, you're shocked by all this? <laughs> Um, You're on record as saying that you saw him uh, beat people. Yeah, it, it, unbelievable. In, in the real world, you'd go to jail if you did something like that. But what I don't understand is, um, so, but you seem like a normal, reasonable person, and, 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 and Marty's fairly normal and reasonable, <laughs> and, and there are other people there, and, and wh why, how does someone get away with behaving this, in that way? This is the only thing I can tell you. You got people who wrap bombs around themselves, fly planes into buildings. It's the same thing. You believe so much in that technology or so much in whatever, they can convince you of anything. When I got interviewed by the FBI, they said, would you help us if we went in to gold up there, busted open the gates and went in, and uh, would you show us where things are? I said, absolutely, but you're wasting your time. After I told him the same thing, they looked at him just and they said, what are you, they said, what are you talking talk. about? And I said, you're going to walk in, you might find terrible situations, and every one of them are going to go, no, 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 this is the way we want it. And at that point, you're done. They can't do anything. What, so they, were tr they thought they could do a raid and liberate some of the church members? They thought they could do a raid and liberate and find, you know, the crazy shit going on. I mean, it's, it's insane. It is, a, it is the most destructive quote-unquote religion cult I have ever read anything about or anything it is a fucking nightmare it really is and I see people today that I, I meet with people who still believe in a little bit of it I just want to shake them and go you've got to fucking stop it's a crock of shit hold on hold on hold on hold on you know what's really creepy about that person's home is there was not one framed picture of any sort on the walls that to me just should tell you a lot about the people that were talking right there because to me uh, it just seemed kind of sketchy like they were just like in some like stage or something like it like it's kind of show it's not for real guys i have yeah, Scientology is pretty real. <laughs> Trust me on this. It's it's fucking boss. I mean, I didn't think it was, but things change big time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. America, fuck yeah. Elron Hubby was my buddy. High five. Let's do it. Actually, guys, uh, we're going to go into a commercial break real quick. Hold up. <laughs> 